how did it happen like this? How is this possible? Has that ever happened to anybody where like, it's too good to be true? There's no way that this actually happened. There's, there's, this is crazy, right? Don't get me wrong. There's evidence all pointing everywhere. There's, there's no way, right? I, I mean, I love golf, right? And so for me, this is one of my dreams to hit a hole in one. But this dude hit it from a par four. That is not common, okay? You do not do that. And no matter how hard they looked, they had three cameras looking at it. From all angles, they saw, no, it went in. But even though the cameras were there, the guy's running. He's like, no, there's no way. There's people yelling at him like, yes, yes, it happened. He's like, no, no way it didn't. He's running the entire time saying, no, this did not happen. There's no way that this happened. But it did happen. It happened. And I think some of us are like that. We've all had those situations where it's like, there's no way that it happened. It's too good to be true. And honestly... This is exactly what happened to the disciples. The day that Jesus resurrected and they started seeing him, there's no way, no, 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 there's no way. There's no way, this is too good to be true. But it happened. Jesus resurrected. Jesus defeated the grave. Jesus is alive. It happened. It happened and because it happened, we now have life in him. We now have full access to the Father because it happened. It's not too good to be true. It is true. It happened. But again, we're human. We're human and sometimes we just can't take it at face value. And that's okay, right? That's okay. Sometimes we, we get distracted by certain things and sometimes it's just our minds can't seem to fathom. We just spoke, we just sang a song about the scandal of grace. Too much to make sense of it all. How is this real? Is this really happening? Yes, it's really happening. We're in Matthew chapter 28. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 28, we're, we're continuing the series in, in being called, what it looks like to be called as believers who have surrendered and believed in Jesus, what that means for us, right? Last week, we talked about the cost of following Jesus and what that looks like. We looked at the three different examples of what it meant to follow Jesus and how he wants us all in. There is no halfway in, halfway out. It's all in because Jesus went all in. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20 says this. The 11 disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Here's the thing. Some worshiped and some doubted, but that didn't change one thing is that Jesus has authority. Jesus has authority in every aspect of our life, in our relationships, in our careers, where we go to school, in our finances. He should have and does have authority. All authority on heaven and on earth belongs to him. And there are four things that I believe this passage is teaching us about the type of authority that Jesus has. Number one, Jesus has authority over death. Jesus has authority over death. Death could not hold him down. He has authority over the grave. He has authority 
over Satan, who is and wants to be the embodiment of death to all of God's creation. His job is to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus has authority over that, over him. Not only over death, but Jesus has authority over life. Jesus has authority over life and not just life here on earth as we saw in in his story of him resurrecting and breathing again, but life eternal, fully God, fully man was Jesus who had authority over life here on earth, the living, breathing organism that we are, right? Body of cells that we are, the image bearers, the imago Dei that we have in God because we were created in his image. He has authority over that. He also has authority over life eternally with the father. And because he has authority over life, that means he has authority for people to know the Father or not know the Father. And the only way that you know the Father is through Jesus. Because Jesus is life itself. Jesus doesn't just give life, but he is life. Jesus has authority over life. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Jesus has authority to send. Jesus has every right to tell his people that have surrendered and believed in him as followers of Jesus to go. Go and do what I ask you to do. That's really hard for us sometimes. Anybody have their parents say, hey, go and throw out the trash. And what's the first response? I'll do it tomorrow. No, you better not do it tomorrow. If anybody grew up with with like my dad, it don't happen tomorrow. It happens now. (laughs) No, it happens now. There is nothing that that goes after. It's going to happen one way or another. You don't say no to to your father. Well, at least to my dad, you don't. In the same way, you don't say no to Jesus. The person that's giving you life has every right to tell you where to go and use your life. And so your call is to obey Jesus with the life that he's given you, with the gifts and talents. Some of you are in sports. Some of you are different clubs. And the whole purpose of this series is, again, to push ourselves to go and make disciples. You see, he is sending us into the real world, wherever you are at. And if the Holy Spirit is not moving you to push you towards that, then we have to start from the very beginning and say, am I truly willing and have I really surrendered my life to Jesus? Because if you have, then that means that your heart has been broken for the lost. We walk by, we walk over dead bodies all the time, all the time. All the time we walk over dead bodies. And sometimes I wonder, are we really paying attention? Are we really listening to the Holy Spirit that's sometimes telling you, hey, you need to go and share. But notice what it says here. It doesn't say go and make converts. It says go and make disciples. And I think we've been confused. I think sometimes we want to just share the gospel, make sure they say a prayer, they're saved, and then we walk away. That is not what Jesus is calling us to do. That's not. It's part of the story. Don't get me wrong. That's good. Evangelism is good. We should do that. But to go and make disciples means to go plant the seed and pray that they would come to know Jesus and walk with that person. To walk with that person in scripture and study, to pray with them. Go and make disciples. Don't go and make disciples. 
conversions. That is not the goal. That is not the goal. So if you've heard us talk about this and we've given you a false idea that we need to go and make people saved, then, then we're wrong. I mean, I'm sorry, because that's not the goal. First of all, again, reminder, we don't save people. God does. We plant the seed. But once that seed is grown, once that seed bears fruit, it is our job as disciples to walk alongside them. And what do we do? We go and make disciples and we what? We, of all nations, all nations. Again, this church, one of the coolest things that I love about this church is we have people of all nations. We have people from all different types of backgrounds. People with roots from Eastern cultures, Western cultures, cultures from, from different nations and nationality. Like all, like it's so beautiful to see a church that have different people and, and people groups and backgrounds. And that's exactly what heaven's going to look like. And if that's exactly what heaven's going to look like, then we have to obey Jesus to go to every nation, even if they sound different than us, even if they look different than us, even if they like different things than us. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, even within my own friend groups, I'm like, oh man, I don't want to hang out with this dude because he doesn't like what I like. Right. And that's because he's my friend. Imagine a stranger of a different nation. But that's the question that we're asking ourselves. Are we willing first to be a disciple and then to go and make disciples? And not only that, to go and baptize them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Man, what, what a scene it would make to see some of your friends from your schools, from your clubs, to come to know Jesus and that you would go and baptize them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Get newsflash. You don't have to <laughs> be a pastor to baptize someone. Did you know that? You don't have to be a deacon to baptize someone. You don't have to know the entire Bible to baptize someone. You don't have to uh, know Greek, know Latin, know Hebrew to baptize someone. The only qualification that you have is that one, you follow and submit to Jesus and his authority over your life. And because you have done that, now you obey his command, which is to go and make disciples and baptize them. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is your call. Will you obey that? And lastly, Jesus has authority to be with you always. What a great reminder in verse 20 that he says to, to teach them, to observe everything that I've commanded you. But remember this, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amidst everything that God calls us to do, he promises to be with us till the end of the age. And that we have the Holy Spirit that would move in us to give us guidance and discernment in how we share the gospel. And, and, and I'm excited because I know last week, a lot of you got to practice the one tool that we gave you, your one minute story, your 15 second testimony of what that looked like in your life when you received Jesus. And today we have another tool that we wanna share with you called the three circles. Has anybody ever done the three circles before? Yeah, some of you have maybe known or done it before, but let me ask you a deeper question. When was the last time you shared it with a stranger? When was the last time you shared the three circles with a friend who doesn't know Jesus? You see, we can give you all the tools we can give you all the strategies. We can continue to just encourage you and push you. 
but obedience comes from you. And again, I'm talking to myself and we're talking to our leaders too. My goal, my challenge has been to share at least with one person every week. And, and, and I, I mean, this is where I do all my work at a church with a bunch of people who love Jesus. And so what I have to do, I have to push myself and go to a place that I know there aren't people that love Jesus. Some of us went to the mall last semester. Maybe this, maybe now you can actually tell your parents, hey, I have to go to the mall because I have to go share Jesus. They're going to have to say yes. No, I'm just kidding. Right? But when was the last time you shared your testimony? When was the last time you prayed for the one person that we've been talking about? And now tonight, as we give you our three circles tool, will you go and share that as well? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for tonight. I pray that we would continue to grow in our community groups in the next 20 minutes as we share with our groups uh, an update on our one that as we pray for the one person that you have placed in our heart to share with, I pray Jesus that we would continue to be convicted to be disciples that would go and make more disciples, not converts, but people that we would walk with and love and care for, and that we would create long lasting relationships and friendships that would glorify you, that would continue to make your name known and expand your kingdom to the world. We pray this in your name. Everyone said, amen.